Hi, welcome to Black Imagination, where Antoine and I open up our Black space to our Black and Brown friends doing dope things in Milwaukee's arts and culture scene. So go get out your sage sticks, light some incense, and join the conversation. Black Imagination is a part of the Imagine MKE podcast network. Be sure to follow us at Imagine MKE on all your favorite social media platforms and subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, here's the show. Hey, everybody. We are back with Black Imagination. Ow. Ow. Yes. Ow. (laughs) Yes. See, that's the energy we need. So we are here, Kanita and I are here with my favorite DJ, she saved my life one time. And <laughs> me moving and grooving. You did. You were coming up to me every five seconds like, what song is this? Man, my Shazam, <laughs> my Shazam was popping. It was like, come on, stop. stop. So we are here with the, with the multi-talented. She does so many things. So many I don't. Things. I don't even want to label her with one thing. She is don't just put an, me artiste, in the box. an artiste, exceptionally. Nobody puts baby in the box. Yes, no. Nicole Acosta. Oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Wait, whose hand was that? <laughs> that is that is my son's hand. Oh. He wants to he wants to get in on this. So oh. how are you? How are you doing today? Um, I am feeling exhausted but exhilarated all at the same time. So I think I'm just on a high, a life high right now. What's what's got you feeling like that? Well, I just finished installing my hoop show at Arts at Large. Like actually I was late to this because I was hanging the very last photo. So, um, so yeah, then I jumped right into this. Right in the hoops. And we should talk, we should, you know, we're going to mention at some point, um, a little later in the podcast that this is actually like, this is critically acclaimed. Like you've gotten some real nice features. This is moving into a national show. So like, you know, this is a global, right? International. (laughs) So like we should, in this black and brown space, like, this is a flex zone. And we yes. just, need we need I, haven't, I haven't had opportunity to really flex. Ooh, oh. ooh. Can we, can we provide the space for you to flex? <laughs> Please. I'll take it. Yes. Flex away. I mean, flex. we, you know, in, in our show notes, I put that you are a multi hyphenate. You are a DJ, a photographer, a painter, marketing and PR guru, dancer, I forgot, poet. Right? Like all of these things. Would you? Social media influencer. Social media influencer. No, I'm not. Uh, That's not. I was going to say cake goddess, but I don't. (laughs) 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 That's my personal life. I feel like I have to share. I feel like I have to share this story. Um, So a few months ago, before quarantine hit, my nephew's school. Oh. Had, asked us, had asked me to come in and just talk about artist eats and being a creative and so it wound up being just his class then turned into my niece's class and a couple other classes they had us in like this room with just a bunch of a bunch of kids um a bunch of young people a bunch of young people so I asked uh Nicole to come 
and we got there early and we're setting up. And so I just brought, obviously, my laptop so I can show artists eats. She starts putting up pictures of herself on like blick blocks. And I'm like, we it's her like in her cute little yoga poses and her her liberation poses and i was like dog we're not gonna do this to these 13 year olds <laughs> that series healing they gotta learn someday you have to learn about <laughs> healing but i i i was concerned it was, it was yes funny. i was like these these young people ain't gonna listen to nothing we say <laughs> now is always the right time to do the right thing so exactly there you go there you go but kanita made me take them down so i did i did but she had tons of time to talk about her work and it was very cool at the end of the event um there were some uh, latinx uh young women in the group and um they came up and stuck around and talked to her about her photography work which i think was probably the coolest part just seeing the fact that in her and i there were other kids in the room who um, saw themselves in us. Yeah. And took a moment before going to lunch to just ask questions. And also they sent us some thank you cards that are actually at work. So I have to go there and get them, Nicole, and I'll be sure to share them with you. I never got no thank you card. That's because they sent them all to the job, but you know, I ain't been there because it's quarantine. Mm. And I'm scared to run into people who might be breathing on me. Oh, one of them girls asked me for my business card. I was so like, oh. Yeah, right. And you didn't even need the picture. I did. So, so, so let's talk about let's talk about baby Nikki. Let's talk about baby Nikki because oh, baby from from the notes from the notes it says you were born an artist oh, and have been great. making art as long as you can remember. Damn. So, for someone who is so multifaceted in their disciplines, what was the first thing that what was the first thing baby Nikki tried? Mm. Um, it was dance, actually. I was um a baby ballerina, um baby jazz dancer, tap dancer. Um, there's pictures of me uh doing that. Like literally I think I was probably like five, four, six, I don't know, something super young like that. Um, and then then it was like visual art. You could tell like early on that I was always like making art. Um and then when I got to high school, I wrote a lot. I was always writing and always, I was a visual art major at Milwaukee High School of the Arts. And so um, I dabbled in a lot of different things. I wanted to be a dance major, but my parents were like, you can't make no money as a dancer. Uh, so I was like, all right. Cause I didn't want to be a visual art major. I wanted to be a dance major. And then, um, so I just settled for visual art and uh, but that didn't stop me from really dabbling in the creative writing field and then doing dance classes after school. Um, so yeah, um, but being a visual art major allowed me to spend many, many hours in the studio at school uh, creating art and really like figuring out who I was during very confusing times as a teenager. So, um, so yeah. Were you still keeping, as you were switching mediums, were you still kind of dancing along the side? Like when your parents told you dancing doesn't make money, were you like dancing at night with your friends on the side? Oh yeah, for sure. Like me and my really good 
um, friend Mario, we were choreographing quinceañeras as teenagers, like whole quinceañera, because like quinceañeras, you, the the crew usually learns like a dance piece and then they perform it at the actual celebration. So um, we would always choreograph quinceañeras, and then um, like after after school, I was um, I would break dance with um, a crew. Um, motion disorders and then I would also um, lead in some Latin dance classes after school as well. So yeah, I was always still involved in dance very much as a teenager. To me, that just sounded like you were just like a hustler because when you said quinceañeras, yeah. I was like, you probably getting paid for that. <laughs> Man, quinceañeras <laughs> be so lit. On the count, one and two and three and four. <laughs> No, we never got paid, but it was just a lot of fun to do them. But we were we were good. We were good at what we did. So that's why, you know. They they are so lit. I've I've been to a couple in my life and those are some of the the best celebrations I've ever been to. Oh yeah. It's like a like a wedding almost like uh it's very turned up. They don't make quinceañeras like how they used to though. They just don't. Wait, that they were bigger? Oh, that is the oldest thing I've heard today. Man. <laughs> like, is, that, is that where we are in life? Where we are now comparing? I, mean, I don't even remember the last time I've been to a quinceanera. I used to go to quinceaneras like every weekend. Every single weekend. And I just don't even remember the last time I've been to one. So, I don't know. Things change. Now Now the girls get options. They, they're like, do you want a car? Do you want... A really? Somewhere, yeah. And I wish I had that option, but no. My parents put me in this big ass fucking. Oops, I swear. <laughs> uh, we go find out. <laughs> we go find we out. We this our last episode. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it would be me. To... If I get pulled into the office for coaching, I'm gonna feel away. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin the party for everybody. Um. It's all right. <laughs> Completely. That's okay. I'll try. I'll. I'll do my best to refrain from swearing. It just comes out so naturally sometimes. So I'm. Just, I, don't I mean, know. I felt it. I, felt <laughs> it. <laughs> I want to be there with you, but I'm still on the clock. I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. What was I saying? Oh yeah, they put me in this big cake cake topper type dress. Oh my god, it was. There's a horrible picture of me out on the internet in that dress. Um, on the internet. Oh yeah, it's on like my Instagram. I put it up because it was what? hilarious. It, Let's find that Antoine. We need it. Yes, yes. We need it. Um, it absolutely funny. I have like the dark brown lipstick and the Selena curls on the side of my head and Ooh. like oh. crown. Like it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so they used to be so different back then. But yeah, we didn't. A lot of us never got choices. A lot of us, a lot of, it was like a parent's way of being like, oh, you know, it, like to outdo each other almost. So like, <laughs> mm. so it was okay. like, oh, my daughter's quinceanera got three limos. What did you do? You know, like, <laughs> that's, that's what it was like. Did um, you, did you wear hoops at your quinceanera? I believe I did. I got bigger hoops. Mm. Okay. I need, I definitely need pictures before we talk about hoops as a series because I want to get all up into that mm -hmm. I want to talk about the work you're doing at Fabula and also the work that you're doing um for our work group so you are actually on one of the Imagine MKE work groups our marketing and PR group mm -hmm. um 
talk a little bit about, I would say why, why you made the decision to be on a work group. I feel like as, 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 I feel like as professionals, as subject matter experts, folks of color, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're like, what makes us choose to say yes to one versus another? Yeah. Um, so when I got hired on through X Fabula, Megan had already been trying to go to some of these work groups. Um, but then she kind of like passed the torch to me to be able to go. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to meet people and who were doing marketing and things like that in, in the city. Um, when I showed up though, it was like, I was the only non-white person and at those tables and those groups. And I was like, oh, uh, am I even going to be heard in these spaces? Am I even going to, are my ideas even going to be taken seriously? Um, and so uh, it, you know, it was a process for me to kind of get used to going. Um, but then something just kind of uh, clicked inside of me um, when I started thinking of these work groups as places where I could maybe interrupt harm or prevent harm from perpetuating um, as being the only person of color in those groups, in that group. Um, because sometimes white folks talk about black and brown people as if we're not in the room sometimes. And so, or at the table, or it's just really, it's a weird dynamic and it's, um, uh, you'll sit there and then you'll hear white people talk about black and brown people and you're like this is really weird like um and it would annoy me at first but then I just started kind of um asserting myself more in those spaces mm -hmm. and then just being like making sure that we're always thinking about black and brown people when it comes to the work that these work groups are doing like okay, we want to create an app and we want to make sure we're highlighting artists. Okay, are we highlighting black and brown artists? Are we highlighting artists from this um, neighborhood? Or have you heard of these artists? And it's always going to be black and brown artists for me, no matter what. Um, I, I've always been that way. I've, and I'm not going to stop being that way. So um, it just then evolved, obviously, after two years of being in that group is just a space for me to assert myself and to make sure that um, that group is uh, aware of different artists, different things happening in the city that are not white. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting. Like, I think this theme is going to come up a lot in our podcast, just this idea of what it means to be black or brown in predominantly white spaces? And at what point do you give yourself permission to assert yourself? Is it that you feel like you've done enough in the community where like, now I can do it? Because there's a little bit of fear that, right? Like when you are, when you, when you are the person, person of color at the table and you're, you are looking to, you know, move with a purpose of equity or whatever, like it's real quick for you to be labeled. Yep. And for that label to stick, yep. if you're a person of color, who is also, I would say, a woman, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. yep. yep, yeah, like, there have been many times where, you know, there's a white agency 
director in the group and you're just like my what i've come to learn is like if it sounds like it doesn't sit well then it's not gonna be it's not gonna sit well mm. you know if it doesn't sit well with me if it comes off as ingenuine then that's what it is and then you gotta call it on it yeah it's almost like uh if if it doesn't pass the smell test <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right. if, it, if it smells funky or uh, <laughs> like, look at that label, how how yep. how long is this? Is this idea spoiled? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think us as black and brown folks, like we've had to deal with this our whole lives, and so our our little spidey senses go off immediately, and we know what that feeling is. Mm -hmm. Um. We can't always put the language to it, but we know what that feeling is. And so mm -hmm. I think it's now become my responsibility in that work group to, if I do feel that or I see it happening, I just right away say something, you know? Because mm -hmm. I think that my presence is really important there and to also hopefully invite other black and brown people in marketing and PR into that group as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for for the work and for um, being committed because sometimes the work is hard and it's just easy to be like, nah, I'm good. Like that, it, right. that labor of it, the labor is too yep. much. And how it was at the beginning for me, I was like, I don't even have, I don't have the capacity to even like wrap my head around anything that's being said in here right now. Um, so, but then it changed after about a year of attending, so. Are there any scoops you can give us because X Fab is moving into season two. What y'all, what y'all got? What's popping? Um, yeah. So the first four months or so of the season is going to be virtual, for sure. Um, we are doing an overarching theme this year, um, and that overarching theme is reimagining. And so, because of COVID. Um, we've had to reimagine, like everyone's had to reimagine everything, you know, um, mm -hmm. dating, work life, uh, taking care of your kids, like everything is different and changing now. So um, yeah, like uh, we put out the theme suggestions. Um, people came back with some really dope, dope, like <laughs> themes and um I was like positive that was gonna happen because like everybody's now had to like rethink their whole life and what the future is gonna be like. Um, but it's also like a great time for people to be optimistic about those changes because mm -hmm. now you can kind of like uh, change the narrative and this, you know, like, yeah. I mean, even like as artists, like reimagining art what is art going to look like in the future you know so um so yeah that's really exciting for us and then we're working on our second annual um deaf story slam Ooh. so um nice. yeah we are up for the 2020 mondi award trailblazer award for the first ever deaf story slam that we held last year kanita was there helped with a lot of that girl worked on it <laughs> action we yep. did that girl Thanks. power girl, girl power, power. Yes. yes um so kanita knows how much work went into that but there's like double the amount of work this year mm -hmm. <laughs> so um we're expecting like a bigger turnout um 
and just to go harder because now that we have like a better understanding of how to navigate all of that um and we have more support this year so that's pretty cool um but yeah we're excited for that as well oh and we're gonna start our own um radio show soon um some things in the works also with 88.9 radio milwaukee um so yeah lots of exciting we've had to transition very quickly and um yeah it's been a but i feel like everything moved at x fabula quickly like oh yeah they can be on it yeah mm-hmm. and you just gotta get on the bus <laughs> yeah you gotta get on the bus it's yeah. the next it's next thing after the next thing it's like oh hey megan hey olivia hey john gang gang and michaela out there analia and michaela hey queens <laughs> you gotta move swiftly and gracefully yes with hoops <laughs> Antoine really wants to talk about hoops I, I want to talk about hoops <laughs> I want to talk about hoops because I I feel like I feel like this is a big deal yeah and I want our listeners to understand the dopeness that is that is being set up Mm-hmm. where you are so can you talk about um hoops how did you come to create this exhibit Oops, okay well you got time we got time yes yes we got time all right um so um last year was it last year or the year before i think it was last last summer um i'm part of luna latinas unidas en las artes which is an uh art collective um that is uh, compromised of Latinx uh, women identifying artists in the city. And um, we held a show called Hoops um, at the Urban Ecology Center. Um, I won't go into much into that, but I'll go into how the, my, the new Hoops project came out of that. So um, I just photographed everyone in the crew wearing their hoop earrings and because you know storyteller um i just had everyone share their photos that i took of them along with their stories so we everyone changed their like profile pictures uploaded to instagram it became this like like really like um kind of taking over the internet there's like 30 some of us and so um or 30 plus of us so um everyone did it all at the same time and i think that's what kind of like sparked everyone to be like well what is this about why are we seeing all these like hoops pictures and hoop stories happening all at the same time um and it was promo for our hoop show last summer so people were coming to the gallery thinking they were going to see the hoops photos, but it, that wasn't the case. Everyone was coming. We had our own individual um, art pieces inspired by hoop earrings. And so there was like a discussion at the show. Um, there was a lot of press surrounding that show. And then um, lots of people were reaching out to me individually and just letting me know like, oh my God, like I really love that. Can I have my own hoops portrait? Um, and I'm like, started like the wheels started turning a little bit and i'm like you know what like this would be really dope if i opened it up to community and see who showed up um to get their hoops portraits and would want to share their stories with me 
Um, and so I held the first session around 20 people showed up to that. And I was not expecting that. It was, um, actually a lot of people I didn't know at all that showed up, which I thought was the, the dopest part of all that people I had no, like no connection to whatsoever. They just saw, um, that I was holding an open hoop session for free, um, and to just come. Uh, the only requirement was like wear your hoop earrings and a black top. That's it. <laughs> and so, um, so I took that batch of photos, shared a couple of those. I still kind of was like generating like the vision of all of this. I just knew that I wanted to keep taking these portraits, <clears throat> and um, and that was it at that time. Then the second round came, and there was about there was a lot more people that round, and. Um, people were just like, just expressing to me how dope they thought this was, um, especially for black and brown women because hoops really, um, there's a stigma attached to them when we wear them. And so it became an opportunity for us to kind of like uh, reclaim that narrative, I guess, and, and share our stories and what hoops mean to us, how we feel when we wear them. Um, and there's a lot of amazing stories. Like people have some really fucking stories that'll make you cry, stories that'll make you be like, hey, you know, and it's like celebration, joy, like all these different emotions. And um, it was an honor really to kind of photograph these people, um, make them feel good in that moment. And the people that were coming would everyone mingled and stayed and like hyped each other up during the sessions. It was a big dance party in there. Like it was just a lot of fun. It was and, a hoops dance party. It was a hoops oh, man. dance party. It was, it was great. It was people. I had wine. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So then, um, uh, carved in stone, Aisha, she reached out to me and she wanted to do, um, kind of like a Q&A interview for um, uh, her next like feature on the Who's Portrait Project. And um, so I met with her, let her know some details, blah, blah, blah. And um, she ended up writing like this really dope article on it. And then she, she published it and then the next day, she was like, um, I need you to go see how many times this article has been shared. And I was like, why? <laughs> I was just like, uh, I got worried right away. And I was like, the internet is mean. I'm not trying to look at that. And so I went and literally, like within a few days, that article was shared all over the world thousands and thousands of times. And my social media accounts were blowing up left and right. I obviously, you know, there it drew some criticism or critique, but there was more positive and more people who loved this project more than anything. Um, and, and for me, because the vision was still being generated and I was still trying to figure it out, um, it was really hard to even like talk about it at the time um, and to really kind of like express how I felt 
with all this like attention on the project. And so I kind of like went into hiding and um, refused to answer any messages <laughs> and any kind of like, I refused to engage with people, like anything um, for weeks. I actually had an anxiety attack about regarding it. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it went viral for sure. <laughs> and then, um, but then I just started listening to what like my spirit was telling me and accepting the fact that people were legit telling me this was a whole movement and that they really loved the project. And then people from New York and LA um, wanted to fly me out and hold sessions there. Um, and so uh, I started working with um, Sierra with AMFM in Chicago. She's a curator out there. And um, we held a private session out there where she chose her people that she would love to see involved in this Hoops Portrait project. And I went out there the day before the world shut down on, for COVID. And so I was wow. able to get in wow. all those portraits because literally this thing was taking off. It was like, had a, like it formed a life of its own. Mm -hmm. And it came so fast at me. Like, I would have literally gone from Chicago to New York to L.A. within a matter of a month, probably. Um, because that's what was happening. That was, that was the talk, right? And so I'm grateful that I was able to get in the Chicago shoots um, at that time. So COVID happened, break, time for me to, like, really think about all this. And then... Recently, Arts at Large was like, okay, we're ready to have the show. So I started prepping for that. And then um, Sierra in Chicago was like, we're ready to have the show. So here I am, like, within the past few weeks, um, prepping for all of that. Next week, I hang the, the show in Chicago at the Legendary Silver Room. If anyone's ever heard of them, go check them out. Like, uh, they have this annual block party that was actually supposed to happen this weekend, but it's legendary. And the store is beautiful. The gallery is beautiful. And so um, that's where it'll be showing out there. And I'm super, super honored to show in that space because it's just so dope. Um, Arts at Large, um, I was named their artist in residence this year. So that's why I'm showing here. Um, so those two, those two shows are in the works, um, both opening August, in August, beginning of August. So beginning of August, are these going to be um, shows where folks can go in person um, or are they, is it virtual options as well? How can folks engage with the art? Yeah, That's a good so, question. Um, yeah, I just actually talked to them about that today, Arts at Large. So they're going to do a virtual gallery opening. Means Zakia, who I'm also showing with her in this space as well. She's a, a painter, Zakia Wells. Beautiful paintings that she did. Um, they couldn't decide between me and her for the artists in residence. So we just both agreed to like, let's do it together. Um, and so that's why we're showing together. So um, it's going to be a virtual gallery night, but you can um, come in throughout the regular business hours and they're going to have it open. So anyone can come in and see the, see the show. It just won't be like a big gallery night. Like, like a typical one would be. And then at um, the Silver Room, their stores, their gallery and store are open Monday through Sunday, I think. Um, and you can as well just go in there at any time. 
Um, I'm not sure of the exhibit opening date, though, so I can get that. So before we wrap things up, this is the question I like to ask everyone. Um, could you give us some of your favorite Milwaukee artists? Oh, why would you do that to me? Um, okay, well, I'll just shout out to Kia. Um, her paintings are just really, really beautiful. Um, and let's see, who else, who else, who else? I'm gonna just shout out all of Luna. <laughs> Can I Luna, do Luna, Luna. Um, and let me think, I want to do a different, like something other than visual. Um, hmm. Put on, put on your DJ Nikki LaBamba hat. Mm. Okay. Well, all of No Stress Collective, which is the crew that I'm in. Um, uh, my girl, Dow, like everybody in No Stress Collective. Um, and... Who else? Who else can I shout out? Mm -hmm. Wow. What about the artist? When I, remember when I hit you up and was like, "Who would you? Whose music would you want on your episode?" Yeah. Oh. Um. What did I say? I don't even remember. You said Webster X for sure. You was awesome in somebody video. They did a slow mo of you, and it was just your hair <laughs> like. Oh <my> <laughs> video vixen last summer um my girl rocky rock solid shout out to her female hip-hop artist um rock Solid. you can find her work on um, spotify she's super dope um i was in her music video last summer dancing um and then yeah i love webster x for sure um, but there was a woman. Oh, my girl Jen Cintron. She's like this guitarist, folk singer type, um, Puerto Rican woman. She's hella dope. I love her. Um, and yeah, let me just stop there because I think that's good. Thanks for listening to Black Imagination with Antoine and Kanita. Black Imagination is a part of the Imagine MKE podcast. Be sure to rate us five stars, share a positive review. It really helps people find us. Also, be sure to email us at pod at imaginemke. Don't forget to like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under imagine underscore mke. Anything else you'd like to mention, Kanita? You can also find us on Facebook at imaginemke. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the next show. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.